0: hello everyone uh welcome to another edition of the talk show technically it's the first time i've called the show the talk show but that is the new name of the podcast it's a pun if you had not guessed um i am here yet again with the guys from canyon zcc to talk about the future of e-racing and if you have listened to us before we did a similar podcast back in January I think is when we released it and we were looking at all the different things which are happening or aren't happening in the world of e-racing and we we discussed um, you know what the whole landscape looked like and so it's obviously a lot has changed since then so we figured it was probably a good time to get back in the recording studio remotely and chat about all of the things which have been happening or not happening still um with the team so this time with me well we've got we've got two people returning so we have lino viasin say hello lino hey guys and we have alex west
1: hey everyone
0: There we go. And then uh, we also, new in the podcast, we have Claudia Bering. Say hello, Claudia.
2: Hey, everybody.
0: There we go. Uh, Just so that it's 100% clear, um, we did want to record this podcast last night. And myself, Leo, and Claudia all turned up. But somebody was missing. Who was that, Alex? Cut a man some slack, eh? No, I'm going straight in there with giving you some shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that's just standard, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's fair. Um, now, it's good. It's good that you actually joined us today, Alex. i um, Thank you for everybody else for rescheduling. Um, for the rest, for for for, for me and Lionel, it's nine o'clock at night. For you, it's. I mean, it's. This is a breakfast show for you, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, technically for me, normally it's not a breakfast show because breakfast ain't for another two hours.
0: <laughs> what time is it for you in New Zealand?
1: Ten past seven in the morning.
0: Uh, and how much coffee have you had? Zero. <laughs> all right, well, you're going to be Are You're
1: still in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I wish.
2: I'm usually done with all my training. For that day by then. So,
0: (laughs) Westy, why haven't you had your coffee? Like, are you going to be really boring on this podcast? Or no,
1: it's it's because I plan to go back to sleep.
0: Are you serious?
1: (laughs) I'm very
2: serious. (laughs) Oh boy, our chat's going to put him to sleep. (laughs) Legend.
0: The man who chills at the back of a race and you're chilling at the back of this podcast, basically.
1: Yeah, that's essentially what I'm gonna be doing.
0: <laughs> Alright. Yeah, basically. No, I wanna see, I wanna hear some um I wanna hear some serious, deep thoughts from you. I don't want to hear any of this like, oh yeah, I'm chilling at the back, I'm not doing anything. I wanna hear like what does Alex West have to say? Like, you're pretty chitty chatty in the old chat, so you know, I want to hear it coming from the horse's mouth. Um, anyway, so, well, seeing as you're the one who is so ready to go back to sleep, how, how how are you doing Alex West?
1: I'm doing pretty good actually, I think, uh, bit of a down period for, I'd say in the pro racing scene at the moment. So it's given, given most of our team a good opportunity to sort of refocus our goals and, um, really get stuck into our training and focus on what we think will help best going forward and I'm pretty happy with how training is going at the moment.
0: Cool how did you feel about that Um, so this morning it was the COA Sports Verified League how did you feel about doing that sprint with a feather power-up?
1: Well obviously it's not very ideal Uh, I didn't have I wouldn't say I had ideal legs going into it either. Um, a, lo- a lot of the races I've been doing recently, I've ha- I've been made to do uh, pre-race intervals already, so I start the race pretty fatigued. Um, so, yeah, going into the sprint didn't already have great legs, and then getting the feather power-up was also another not ideal part of it.
0: Do you know what power-up Ollie had? Arrow, luckily. No. He had, oh, he had no power-up. Burrito, And he still won the race. So no, I'm just saying, Alex.
1: He had an arrow. he told me. I think he was lying. Yeah, I watched Alec,
0: his yeah. race. I don't think he had any power-up. Yeah,
1: he had an arrow. He might have dropped a bit earlier, though, so you might have not seen it in the last 200 metres. Mm,
0: no, I think he's just trying to make you feel better.
1: <laughs> Mate, that never happens. <laughs>
0: um... Uh, Lino, so you are the man you have had you didn't do the um tour for all proams you wanted some time off to just relax and not do anything on the bike yeah. so you went out and beat some pbs um for your power records because you don't know how to relax how is how is how are you how are you doing how is your how is your time off oh. not time off
3: uh, yeah, uh, I didn't touch a bike in the last eight days, so I start to be like pain in the ass for my girlfriend, but she didn't murder me yet, so I'm fine, I'm pretty fine, it's okay.
0: How's Gilbert? Sorry? How, how is Gilbert?
3: My, ah, Gilbert, yeah, uh, he's fine, he's behind me, he's just trying to sleep, but I, I speak too loud for him. So. Am
0: I am I saying
3: it wrong? No, I was trying I was thinking you talk about my beard, but Gilbert, it's a Gilbert.
0: Ah, oh, my pronunciation was too good in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like my arrow. Exactly. Uh all right, that's good to hear. And Claudia, you have whilst you've had a bit of a break from racing, you and I guess there's no gravel racing for you, which is your summer activity uh you've decided to basically try and be one of the fastest people at everesting and um you did a very impressive v everesting attempt um congratulations what's yeah you know, how are you and like what's next for you on the uh the agenda the menu
2: well you know i figured i should capitalize on those hours that i've spent those 6 plus hours on the trainer sessions that I was using for training for those long distance gravel races. Cause I was training for dirty Kansas for 200 miles, uh, which was l- supposed to be last weekend. That is postponed to September across my fingers. It still happens then. Uh, so yeah, nine and a half hours with a 10 minute break every, uh, time up wasn't too bad (laughs) and you know i wasn't even trying to go that fast it just kind of happened because i didn't have any more gears and i didn't feel like pedaling any slower (laughs) but next time i'm doing it not at altitude if i do it again (laughs) because all these people are like you have to do it again you're less than four minutes away from the record i'm like oh my goodness all right people maybe
0: (laughs) yeah that makes sense what what did you eat on your uh the everesting attempt
2: I, uh, there's a local brand here in Boulder that makes like these oatmeal bars. And so I ate a ton of those and some peanut butter filled pretzels and some pretzels and some chips and...
0: By chips, you mean crisps, I think. Crisps.
2: Yeah, yeah crisp chips. Okay, good, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. I'm just localizing in real time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh... But yeah, other than that, I'm kind of like reset and uh, like took a little break and then getting back into long distance stuff, but focusing on just improving everywhere, like everywhere else, (laughs) everyone else, I guess.
0: Cool. Um, All right. I mean, so obviously in this uh, podcast, we're going to talk, we're going to look back at what we chatted about in January or even I think it was December when we actually did it and then it came out in January. So we're gonna do a bit of a look back see what's changed what hasn't um, as far as the team goes I mean um, there's probably the the biggest change for us as a team I think it's come from uh, from the sponsorship side so since the last podcast we've added um, ceramic speed as a sponsor. Um, we've added InfoCrank and we've also, um, added, it's not, Diagnoser is not a sponsor per se, but we partnered with them so that they are supporting the team, providing diagnostic testing, and hopefully we'll continue to, to do more stuff with them. So, um, it's they been- They tried to kill us. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. i I did
2: it all in one session i almost died
0: (laughs) yeah that's gnarly i puked
3: three times in a week
0: (laughs) and i watched most of it um uh so for those that don't know we have to presume that not everyone who's uh, listening knows exactly what you're talking about so um without the context it sounds very weird so um so, just to dip into those, so Ceramic Speed, they provided all of our team with um, all of their stuff. So, bottom brackets, um, the oversized pulley wheels, the the chains, chains with the Teflon coating, um, everything basically. So, we could really optimize the, um, the drivetrain of all of our, our team bikes. And then Infocrank came on board. So, that was the most recent ish uh announcement so that there for all of our team bikes uh we'll have the Infocrank um attached to them so we'll have basically the most accurate power meter on the market so we can basically ensure that all of our power readings for for all of our racing are the most accurate and that also means that we can do um dual recording And we were doing dual recording before, but the difference was that everybody had like a different power meter. So now everyone will have the same power meter and they'll have the same trainer. And we have this kind of level playing field across the team. Um, And that's super cool. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams out there who are into dual recording and they're doing it. And there's a lot of individuals who are doing it, but we're the only team which are doing it with the same equipment. And I guess at this level where it's the most accurate and then their last one is the Diagnosa testing. So um, Diagnosa, they're based in Berlin. They um, they have a, a studio you can go to and you can get like um, bike fitting or you can go and do diagnostic testing. But they've also been working with Inside to do testing remotely um, so that they could actually give you information back uh, even if you're not able to visit their, their place in Berlin. So we were the, some of the first people to try this and it kind of makes perfect sense because our team is based all around the world. So, um, and everybody's been put through their paces with that testing. And as you may have already um, deciphered from um, what Leo was saying with regards to the uh, consistency of um, projectile vomiting, uh, it was quite tough. So, um yeah, Lino, talk a little bit about, about the testing, how that how that was for you. And I guess we will we, we do a proper kind of a blog post on the canyonzct.com website around all of the testing that we did and how we found it. But just give us a bit of an idea about how the testing was and like the results that you got back from
3: that. Yeah. Um, so
0: it was some tests from...
3: With the range from 20 seconds to 10 minutes, uh, the tests were split, were split in three days for us, uh, three sessions. The first one was a 20-second sprint, max sprint, but seated. Uh, start from a standing start well, or stopping start. I don't know how you say that, but uh, from a dead stop. And uh, yeah, it was pretty weird for me because usually I, I, I'm the kind of guy who's never, never, we never sit when they do his uh, maximum power. So so yeah, and it was, it was hard because you have to focus. It's difficult because you have to focus on the, the this this particular thing to be to stay seated. But in the same time, it was so hard to push the maximum you, you you have. And especially for me, it's difficult because I don't know how to pace things. So I'm usually the kind of guy who do positive splits and go full gas from the start and try to survive. So that's maybe why I vomit so many times. Um, but yeah, maybe Alex could talk about it because he has a different approach as I, as I had. But yeah, the 20 seconds was kind of weird but the four minute over pace with the first minute totally full gas was oh I, I didn't remember hurting so much on the bike
0: sure and so i think yeah. the so for those that don't know i said as i said we'll do like a bit of a more comprehensive uh post on our website but like yeah. um for those of you that know like the sufferfest 4dp test this is a pretty good test for covering all of your abilities this one's a bit it's 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 very different so like the sprints for the guys had to do were completely seated you couldn't get out of the saddle uh because then you can use other muscles in your body basically to help drive through the for increase the increase the powers he had to do it seated so i think that's problematic and it's really unnatural And it's the same when you did the four-minute test. You had to start that basically doing power as though you're doing a one-minute test, which basically if you do like the one-minute test in the Sufferfest 4DP, you basically sprint, try and recover, and then you sprint the finish as where this is you have to do it for four minutes. So you're sprinting like you're doing that one-minute test and then trying to hold on for another... Basically another three and a half minutes.
3: Yeah. To give an idea, I, for this test, I was ten watt per kilo for the first minute, and then try to hold maximum power I could for the four for the four minutes for the the rest of the of the test. I didn't remember how how much I I did. Like I knew I knew it was I know it was over five hundred watts for the for the total amount of the four minutes. But, well, the first minute and then you try to hold on is is pretty tough. But I think Alex should have something to say about it.
0: Yeah, go for it.
3: If he is awake, of course.
1: (laughs) I'll start off just by telling the viewers kind of, well, the listeners, I would say. Um, Yeah, they're not viewers.
0: Nobody's watching this. If they are, they're incredibly bored.
1: About the main... Uh, things that the testing is going to show for our for our riders. Um, so that uh, is basically, it predicts in the best way it can, your VO2 max, your anaerobic threshold, which is essentially your FTP, and also uh, your VLA max, which is how much contribution you get from your anaerobic energy system to produce your power, So in the end, these three things correlate to tell us what sort of rider uh, each of us are. So uh, whether we rely a lot on anaerobic capacity or the aerobic capacity. So essentially it will tell you whether you're a punchy rider or more of a time trials type um, specific rider. And then giving your VO2 max also generally gives you The level of the rider as well and doing these efforts ranging from 20 seconds to 10 minutes uh, plots your powers on a on sort of a on a graph and then works out those three points using those um, six data points we ended up taking Um, and that yeah in the end tells you what sort of rider you are and then after that you can work out what training is gonna work best for how you want to improve in the future
0: yeah so i think like at least with you leo and ollie whose you know results i've seen you all basically like vo2 max is like the highest level you can get and then it's like the only you don't basically there's no way you can improve in this area but you can change the kind of rider you want to be by basically altering your VLA max to 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 basically become a a different kind of rider so um it would essentially mean you'd be in the most generic terms you'd be able to perform at more or less the same level over a longer duration basically
1: yeah so um basically if you were to look at me lionel and ollie's results from what i've seen Essentially, it's what you would expect from a Zwift racer. So, uh, quite like really good in all aspects, but you wouldn't say we were optimized in one specific aspect. So, one of the main things Raphael from Dignos recommended was lowering the VLA max slightly, which will increase the FTP significantly if you do it right. But the only downside from this is you may potentially lose a little bit of anaerobic capacity. Um, But one other key takeaway from lowering VLA max and improving threshold is that the race as a whole will be easier for you. So therefore, you may still be able to produce the same one minute power at the end of a race as you would have before because you were slightly fresher even though that one minute max, fresh, without having to do the race, maybe lower.
0: Alex, you're someone who chills at the back of every single race. Yes. Uh, surely you're the freshest person in the race, anyway.
1: Well, now, well, now, if I optimise my training, I will be even fresher.
0: All right. Well, cool. Uh, I expect you to win every race then after you've optimised yourself. <laughs>
3: You ha- you have to you have to explain to people who's listening this podcast that the first thing Alex do after a race is checking if he has the lowest weight <laughs> kilo for the race.
0: And they've they've already mentioned it in the race commentary. So <laughs> Claudia, have, have you have you done your testing yet? I know you wanted to wait because you were already you were doing other things like the Everesting. Um, you you said actually sorry you said you did everything in um you, you did everything in one session so um, which nobody else did how was that for you what <laughs> yeah so i'm um,
2: yeah so i did it uh five six days after i virtual everest because that was the first time i could get it to you. are That's you cool. insane i live streamed the whole entire thing by the way on twitch if anybody should want to watch the suffering there was no um shotgun <laughs> involved yeah it was very interesting you know that was my best seated 20 minutes sprint wow. ever i actually had did one before and i don't like seated sprints i am not a track racer uh but maybe i should be i don't know uh save Yeah, I tried it twice, the 22nd, just to make sure that my first one was the best one, which it was. And then, gosh, okay, let's see the order. And then next I did the four-minute overpaced one, and then two and a half minutes, and then 10 minutes, and then six minutes. And let me tell you this, six (laughs) minutes were definitely not my best six-minute powers uh, at all. But, yeah, taking a 15-minute break, just like it said on the the paperwork uh, I knocked it all out in one session I'm very curious to see my results because that was not that long ago so we'll see what he says he'll probably say that I'm good at endurance and probably not good at short stuff after doing all that in one session Uh,
3: but wait 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 Uh, are you aware that I coughed for a week after those tests and people thought I I had COVID you know
2: (laughs) yeah hopefully you didn't cough in anybody's direction and definitely not sneeze they'd be like oh
3: all those tests in one session, all, all is possible. After the v everesting you
2: watch my stream, it's pretty ugly. <laughs> I was like, I put in my notes like, please cheer me on. And somebody's like, we love you, Claudio, Raise hard or go harder. You're so strong. And I'm like, I I'm desperate.
3: It's like, oh, <laughs> crazy. Just one one session.
0: All right, all right, you crazy yeah. cats. Uh, well, um crazy. Speaking of testing uh Hmm. i wanted to move on to um the new zada rules and obviously doing the three sisters test or the seven salesmen or whatever we call it um and i just wanted to kind of like yeah talk about like how has that been the interesting thing was is that uh, we've been crying out for the for the rules to change to be stricter, basically, and you know, luckily, they they have been. Uh, although Zwift then suddenly changed their minds that the last pro am would not be strict in any way, and they would do a kind of middle of the road job. Um, but generally speaking, whenever it will be the next proper pro am will have the new ZADA rules in place. And um, for those, I think most people who listen to this probably don't know. They don't have to go through the rigmarole of reading the eSports rulebook, um, which was updated without us being told. It's just luckily people pay attention and they see ah, oh, these things have changed. Um, the rules have been made stricter and more in line with what we would like to see. So um uh, we now we've always said that people should be tested in a before races and not after because it makes you the decisions around performance verification a lot quicker. It based on what the esports rules are currently, it seems that that will be the case. So we, uh, you will have to um, provide all of your power files in advance. Uh, whenever that next pro am is. Um, you will have to do this three sisters test, uh, and um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, you have to provide provide that in advance. Uh, you have to do dual recording for for all of your um, uh, for, for all of the races, uh, which is fantastic. I say it's not foolproof, but it is a huge leap from where we were and um also it kind of rules out people using dumb trainers and i know like especially in like the women's racing there's been a lot of riders who've been using dumb trainers which at this level should be a big no-no so it's good that that's finally like been been ruled out so um yeah i think everyone's done the three sisters test um, so I wanted to go, kind of jump from like the testing you did from for, with Diagnosa, which is proper diagnostic testing, to like the three sisters test. Like, so like, how was that for, for you and how did you find that and do you think it's like an effective way? Because it's kind of like, there's two elements to it, right? There's like one element is that it's how well can you do those climbs from a power perspective one after another it's three different climbs and then the other side is like how well are your different power sources recording in relation to that effort so uh, I think everyone's done that so like I'm gonna jump to Westy first like what's your how was your feeling of doing that
1: um so I actually haven't done the test yet so mine's scheduled for next Wednesday or the Wednesday coming. Um, But basically, I think the main difference that this test will give as opposed to the normal testing is that you actually have to show that you're calibrating both power sources prior to the effort. And I think this is something that might make a big difference, especially um, in terms of people being able to manipulate both power sources pre-race to sort of look like they uh, record in line but now it's going to actually have to show that you're calibrating both power sources before your test, and then this will truly show the correct power readings. Um, So it'll be interesting to see, obviously, the level of these races after everyone has done these tests, because I'm assuming uh, they will use this test, and in a race, if you exceed these power values that you set on the three climb segments, by a certain amount, then um, obviously you'll get disqualified. So for those that don't know, the three sisters test is basically your maximum effort over three climb segments, which are the forward hilly KOM, which is about 800 meters. Then you've got the epic KOM, which is around 7.2 kilometers. And then you've got also after that, the Volcano Climb, which is roughly three kilometers. So you've got uh, an anaerobic effort, a threshold effort, and then a VO2 max effort. And then finally, you do a maximum sprint to the finish, and then they use these uh, power numbers as sort of like a power passport almost um, to keep for your uh, races afterwards and then relate your data in the races to how you performed in these tests.
0: Sure. which i think is a good step forward basically and it's it's good that it's not like the difference to this test is that it's it's good that you can provide power files these are your maximum efforts but you might just go out like bang right i'm going to do a 5 minute power effort fresh without having done anything else yeah and i think what's good about this test is that you are going to be by the time you do the last ones or even after the first one you're going to be fatigued and this is more realistic to that to that racing environment so that's i think it's a good thing it's not it's not 100% foolproof but it's it's a huge leak from where we were before which yeah uh, i think um, also
1: another thing to add that i probably missed out one of the key points is that the test has to either be live streamed with uh cameras showing you pedaling the bike and also the Zwift in game. So to show your power relative to kind of your pedaling technique and showing that it correlates well. And then also if you can't live stream, then it has to be recorded and uploaded to YouTube for Zada to, uh, watch. And obviously the video file will have to show no editing or tampering and stuff like that as well.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> Whilst you were talking about that, I just remembered the, the tweet that uh Thomas De Gent said, which was basically um that it's like it's easier to drop someone uh in the Tour de France than it is in a Zwift race. And um yeah. I think I know we've talked about this before, and it was like the thing we've always talked about is that the thing which makes Zwift races better is their race craft and that is 100% true like we've proven that when we've raced against pros that we know those courses better and we know how Zwift works which is better but I guess that's also the point which we've done with the diagnoser testing is that now we're also able to prove that from a performance perspective we're also just better physiologically at doing these efforts than the majority of Tour de France riders like we've proven i think that and you know i say we'll we'll release this in our uh we'll put it on the website but like we're now able to say like physiologically riders are better adapted to this style of racing which is completely different to to doing a race like um Thomas, again, is going to be the best at doing a breakaway across several hours and, and and staying away. And that's a very different effort. So I think that what we've also shown between all of these different kind of tests is that, yeah, it's not just the race craft, it's everything else. So so Leo, you wanted to say something, go for it.
3: Yeah, I'll, to bounce back on what you said, it's just like, I'm pretty sure that Zwift racers, we are just better at giving the maximum on one shot, like on a five minutes, or two minutes, or one minute sport, that a pro rider is used to do his maximum, but after four or five hours, which is not the same as the one you did in a a 30 minute Zwift race. Like, that's that's the thing that I'm, I'm sure is is different, and it's not only the physiological aspect, but also mentally and to be able to to really dig so deep uh, in in a matter of seconds, if you know if you see what I mean. And uh, yeah, just thing is the totally totally different discipline, and the the athletes are are not the same. That's that's it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's definitely people in. in in zwift and zwift racing who are you know just generally like i think a lot of the pros are just joining general races they're not picking like the most the top end ones you know there are going to be people who are weight doping there are people with uncalibrated power meters i mean there's people even at the top level who also aren't being completely genuine like um but you know, definitely, if you're not in those programs where you have Zada checking, if you're Thomas again, you're probably doing these other races where there isn't much checking or zero checking of performance. That makes it even harder. So, at least at the pro am level, we know that there is going to be Zada doing a level of checking on rider performance. But if if you're at the lower level, then yeah it's a bit wild west and it's been even more wild west because obviously with uh the coronavirus pandemic i mean since the beginning of the year almost the concurrent users on zwift has doubled and you have all of these people coming on board which is amazing by the way you know it's great to have so many people using the platform trying it out but then you have all of these other people who are they just they're just getting Whatever it's the first time, maybe racing and they're joining e races, and they'll be, yeah, they're doing unrealistic performances. And it's it's not necessarily their fault, um, it's just just how it is, basically. Uh, they put perta- they perhaps don't place so much emphasis on the importance of having the right weight or having calibrated equipment, or they're using Z power, or they're using you know, uh, um, uh, a roll on trainer like a, a dumb trainer. Um, like it's actually more on Zwift's side to actually um figure out who these people are and make sure that they should be put in the right um uh, category or performance level. And so I guess that probably also brings me on to um yeah, looking at what has actually changed from when we did the last podcast um to, to where we are now. Um because we were talking about a lot of things which we felt should change with regards to pro level but also like just general stuff in Swift and so i just wanted to run through a few of those things and just just chat about them like has that changed has that made a difference um so i'm just going to kick off with those so the the first one in my head anyway is that um like what has happened what has improved because we were talking about it before what has improved with regards to having like uh the the coning of people who are doing unrealistic efforts slash people being in the right categories and that at the moment you know or at least it still is the case for like all of that, happens in Zwift Power, and even then, often the results aren't properly checked because a lot of the race organisers aren't really involved. Um, again, Free R, I think, is a good example. Um, but there is this promise that there will be a new coding system put in place, and we've seen it in the beta testing that Zwift's been doing. Uh, with yeah, to be honest, mixed results. Um, and but it's not available for all races yet. So I just want to kind of chat about that. Like is that something you know, it's something that we wanted? Some of it hasn't come yet, like should it already be available? Why is it taking swift so long? Um I'm gonna throw that one to to Claudia um first off to, to chat about.
2: Wow. Uh, I will say that women's racing has gotten a lot harder lately. (laughs) And uh, it would be interesting to see what they say are unrealistic numbers for women versus men uh, and how that all comes into effect. I did have a girl message me the other day. I got disqualified. I have no idea why. Because she raced in uh, the B category and she is clearly an A when she pushed almost 300 watts uh, for the entire race. Uh, So... Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm probably not the best person to ask about <laughs> to ask about this because I've been in A for forever, and it would be nice. Yeah, there's a. Um, I'm like Alex. I try to get the lowest watts per kg every single race, especially when racing with the guys. It is interesting how some of these shorter races, it people are clearly doing A category uh, because usually the men I can actually stay in the B category. Um, and it is interesting seeing, like there was one crit race where I started and we were holding five watts a kilogram for quite a long time. And I'm like, I don't think all these people are B. So I'd be really interested to see how this all goes down personally. Is it something that was needed? Uh, I don't know. I think we're the, probably the wrong audience to ask because I think the people that you'd really need to have that conversation with would be like a C or a D racer because they seem to be the ones that are voicing their opinion on this subject the most.
0: Yeah, sure. I think what's interesting as well is like Zwift powers rules around um, categories is different, especially for women. So that because they take into account, not just your watt per kilos, but your F- essentially your FTP. So like, I've been in races when I started out at the beginning of the year, I was back down in C, and there would be like female riders who would basically be riding almost the watt per kilos of the person who won the A cat, but because their FTP was lower, you know, they would win the C cat. And I'd be like, well, that doesn't really make sense, especially because Zwift only takes into account your watt per kilos so
2: yeah the women category is kind are of like, different too the wattage is different like it's 3.7 on up are considered a's for women's races but then when i hop in a guy's race it's the guy's watts per kg so it's interesting
0: i guess the problem then is that there's probably just not enough women's races right i mean that's something we've seen in the past where with regards to leagues we're always asking like, Hey, I don't, we don't care that there's a DCAT for your league. Where's the E-cat or whatever, you know, for the, for the women. Um, and so like, um, I can't remember there was one league we did and it was like the women had to race with the men. And it's like, that's just not cool. You know, like, um, it just doesn't really work to, 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 to try and do it like that. Like you should have all, in this day and age, like you should have a women's category in a, in a racing Yeah, league.
2: I don't mind racing um, with the guys, really. I don't. But there's a lot of girls that really don't even want to show up for the races with the guys, especially the beginners. They're too intimidated to uh, perhaps maybe to hop in some of the guys' races. The dynamics are definitely different in the women's versus the men's races. And yeah, uh, I would say that it's definitely been different lately, though, because there's more and more girls, especially with the whole COVID thing. Uh, that have hopped into switch racing so that's good i guess for the future
0: yeah and i guess like from the the pro-am level with all of these other things we talked about with the zada rules and stuff i mean i would expect the i would say the the women's pro-am racing is probably going to be the most affected because that's where we've seen the biggest shift i would say in the last year from from where we were at the beginning where we were doing KISS Community League and um uh, KISS Super League, like the speed of the women's Peloton has increased exponentially. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of people who were they've increased a lot themselves from where they were before. So I'm really interested just to see like where the women's racing how that adapts with the with the new rules basically. Is it gonna get slower? Is it is it gonna get more interesting? It's just that's where I've seen like the biggest shift actually um with regards to the performance. And I know that there's been there's been pros and stuff which have come into it, which is which is great. Um and they've a lot of them have done really well. Yeah, it's 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 made a big difference. So uh, but I think as a whole, it's gonna be really interesting to see just how that whole um thing shifts. Um the the other thing, which I guess is one of the things we talked about is better racing dynamics. Uh, you know, we chatted about, hey, you know, I remember I said, oh, oh the, if, if there is someone who's broken away on a climb and they're on the descent, that person, person should be able to descend quicker than a group of like 30 people. And we've definitely not seen any shift in the racing dynamics in Zwift. Uh, So like, yeah, Leo, Alex, like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's going to come anytime soon or yeah? What do you think?
1: Um, I think that at the moment there isn't too much um, focus on, side of things i believe at the moment they're just focusing on how they can incorporate the excess users that they have at the moment to what they're like what they can handle so um kind of just creating a better experience as a whole for zwift uh riders slash racers rather than um completely focusing on how the one guy off the front is going to feel when he's getting chased by a bunch um, so i mean i'd love to see i'd love to see a big change in that in that way so that attacking is more encouraged um, i mean the only i mean the only reason i sit at the back so much is because there's almost no point uh, being off the front or sort of near the front, um, because everything generally always comes back together anyway. So it just seems it just makes more sense to be at the back, saving energy in that way. Um, I mean, back back when the races.
0: Am I just? Yep. I just want to say, am I crazy for thinking that the blob, the peloton, should only travel as fast? as the people at the front who should be pushing the hardest. Like, is that a crazy idea? Like I don't, I don't get that. Why that's not, that's not
1: how it works. Um, I mean, so in, in real life, obviously on descending wise, someone off the front can go the same speed or faster than, um, a bunch, uh, for sure. Uh, in, I mean, but in the same way, a bunch does go faster on flat ground than a single rider by themselves. I think the only the only point where a single rider kind of has a chance in Zwift is on a climb, which is similar to real life. So in yeah, in a bunch
0: Well Thomas DeGent Thomas de would argue against that.
1: Yeah, well obviously um mastering how you use your energy uh on in real life like over a climb or on the flat sections is what makes a difference for him so being able to push really hard on the climb so that keeps his gap and then obviously on the descents you're not going to be losing massive chunks of time like you would uh on Zwift um so I think that's what major that's what the big difference is when he's talking about Zwift racing being different, and also building a gap is so much harder on Zwift. Um, the under,
0: why is it why is it harder?
1: The general speed of the bunch. I mean, so if you 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 could compare Zwift racing to the start of a. Like a world tour race on the flat, but this uh, kind of occurs on all terrains on Zwift. So, on in real life, if you were to try to attack on the start of a flat race while everyone's going sixty k an hour, you're not going to go very far. But um, in the hills,
0: sure. But the speed of the bunch, the speed of the bunch should be no faster than the speed of the people on the front. But it doesn't work like that. No,
1: it doesn't. But so essentially, essentially, what happens? The th- the thing that's similar is in real life, if it's if the bunch is going sixty k an hour, then obviously the draft effect is monstrous on the flat. So one guy trying to get off the front, uh, he's doing a lot of a lot more effort than the person who's sitting second or third wheel, who's going to come over the top of the guy in front and carry a lot more speed slash slash energy to the front and drive that pace up. Whereas the guy who's trying to get away solo is just dying by himself. So that's, that's quite a lot similar.
0: On Zwift on Zwift, you could be doing the problem is I think on Zwift is the fact that you could be on that third wheel and you do a lot less Watts and still travel the same speed, if not faster than the person who's doing, I don't know, 100%, 75% more watts than you up the road. And that is a problem because the person on the front of your bunch is not doing the same effort as the person who's broken away. Yeah, that's right. Then it's just nonsense, basically. And I'm just like, why is this not something which is, it's very, I think it's very easy to fix or to test and why is it not being tested yet um yeah leno is desperate to say something go for it leno
3: yeah it's just like i I agree with alex to be to be honest when there is a bunch of 10 guys i would never try to to escape or try to break away but there's some little things they could implement to try to change that because at the end, with racing, we don't need to be the exact same thing as outside racing. You need to have a physics that is kind of similar, but they could be different also. In the, like something is when when you when you are try to when you try to break away, it makes sense to me if you ride in a big bunch behind. Then when you take a corner or or or. Like a U turn or something. Like it should be more difficult to manage your avatar in in such a corner when you are in a pack than when you are solo. Mm. If if you slow down the bunch in the corners, that would make opportunities to the guys who would try to break away, mm. to stick away, and you know yeah. Then you you have some tactics that okay this course there are a lot of turns. I can maybe try to go to, to break away because right now it's the same as if you are in Crete City than if you are in Arrogate or in the Tempus Fujit. I don't mind if the blob is super is super generous but it should have some some courses where it should be more easier to break away than others. Sure. You know? if, if you see my point, it's just like when you go in a downhill everybody is like 90k per hour per hour. doesn't matter if you are like in the middle of the the back or if you are in the front this not makes any sense yeah you know?
0: um but i think for the, me
3: the, for me a, a rider alone in the front should be quicker in the in the corner section or the or twisty section yeah. than a bunch
0: percent the thing is is that i feel that it's yeah it's not about replicating 100% what it's like racing in real life actually the the opportunity with e-racing is that you actually have the the ability to change it however you want you could test different things and what you're actually trying to do is create something which is enjoyable to watch yeah and It has to be enjoyable to participate in, but it also has to be enjoyable to watch because at the end of the day, if e-racing is going to become big, if it's going to become viable, if there's going to be proper money coming into it so that people can do it, whatever, full-time, we can build out proper teams which can coexist next to professional road racing teams, then you have to do something which people are going to want to watch. And at the moment it's objectively not interesting to watch. And that has a lot to do with the fact for the racing dynamics limit you doing anything other than being Alex West, no offense, mm-hmm. sat at the back of the bunch because that is the most sensible thing to do for you. Like, there's no incentive for you to break away. <laughs> yeah. But there yeah. should be an incentive.
3: It's- yeah, because imagine if you are in front and... Out of the corner, you accelerate quicker than than a bunch, and you put the effort. You you gain three seconds, but in the same times, you know in the you have 1k straight after that, and the bunch is capable to to get back six seconds maybe. Like you know, it's gonna be more strategies, and at the moment it's the same if you ride a straight line or a twisty twisty turn like on Creed City. It's, it's like Crit City; it doesn't mean anything, you know. It's it's just the same as any course. It's just because people freak about it, but for me, it's quite the same as riding Harrogate. Mm-hmm. Just every time you push uh, in the little up, up, uphill on the covers, is the same as pushing in the little uphill before the end of the of the race in Harrogate. So, doesn't make any sense right now, and you don't need to be the, the exact same replica as Rhys said. Just try to to make some different things with all the worlds and all the all the courses and you're gonna have exciting race.
0: Yeah. So I think um with with that in mind, I'm just gonna jump to then like what has Swift been spending their time working on. So they did some I know Nathan did some Swift community labs i think it was called but he was very limited in what he could change and then zwift did zwift beta labs Uh, i can't remember i think that's what it's called and they tried out a few things but not necessarily they were trying out the right things um and then there's obviously things that we've been talking about that we think this is what zwift definitely needs to be working on and if you just have to jump into um Zwift races to find a plethora of different topics that other people want them to work on and then you know we look at well what have they worked on and we've had we've had the some testing around um coning which has not been rolled out i don't know how that is two or three months late from when it was originally mentioned by eric in the podcast he did with um um the the guys on the, the the Zwift podcast that's not been rolled out full-time uh they've rolled out boost mode which is still that's just with club Jarvis clubs also hasn't been released I think that's a nearly a year late um they've done a power-up they just released a power-up for like dirt races I mean our Zwift Spending their time wisely, the developer time wisely with these things. Like, I don't know. What's 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 your thoughts
3: for for the power up, It's just another one we we'll, we'll just want to ditch when we get them in the race because a part of the jungle or very really few parts in Watopia. You don't need that Steam stuff. I don't know why, what but. I think they should probably work more on how they give the power up to the to the racer in in a race because if you if you want to have an exciting race you need to create movement if you want to create movement you have to give like like sort of carrots for the for the rider to to aim for it's like when you pass a banner if like on the screen they pop like the the first five guys passing through the banners, get a feather power-up or a arrow power-up. Imagine everybody is going to be ready to sprint for that. And you're going to give another strategies aspect to, to the races. It's not create new power-ups, I don't know. And boost mode, I don't even know what <laughs> to think about it.
2: I think they should get rid of the plus sign power-ups and races because that seems to be all that I get anymore. (laughs) Uh, You know, they did lay off some people right before this uh, COVID thing, so that timing is not really ideal. And then I think really just, I think Alex said it earlier, they're just trying to keep up with everyone that is trying to use the platform. So development has probably been pushed to the back burner and like... I mean, obviously it's taking a while for some of the things to happen that, you know, they've been promising and they keep, you know, people... It's a hard product because people keep coming up with new ideas and, you know, they keep having to, like, promise more and more things to make the users happy. So it's an interesting world. (laughs) I think what's
0: interesting, and this has always been a problem with Zwift, is that, one, they've always been really bad at communicating with the community I literally have no idea why that is a problem like it's a really easy one to solve and then two is that they never ask hey well they never seem to like actually go like you guys are the ones who use the platform more than anybody else what is it that you want and okay we will have different priorities to a completely new user I totally get that like I understand product development but like It it is important to make sure that the your core audience, the guys who are going to stay with you thick and thin, not just the new users who might try it out and then leave. You do have to balance that out. But like those core users, you do have to go like, right, what is it that you want and figure that out? And you prioritize everything based on yeah, the 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 importance to your business. But I don't think we're ever really asked. Like nobody asked for boost mode, nobody asked for a dirt Hmm. power-up you've already just said cloudy you said hey we should get rid of the experience power-ups it's like yeah no shit like i think everyone agrees that but like why is that why is nobody asked us that why does nobody even think that themselves and that's kind of one of those things where i'm like why is this element missing because i think zwift could already be in a better place if they just talked to us and i don't mean us as a team specifically i just mean like Everyone. Because if you go on Zwift races, there's a lot of really opinionated people. And I'm not saying you have to listen to each individual, but I think if you add everybody up, you're going to get that average and there's going to be some really obvious stuff, which is like, that's the stuff you should be working on. And, you know, it's still... I don't know, weirds me out, but, like, that's not completely obvious. Like, why hasn't that happened? You know, I know a lot of the stuff we talk about. We're like, yeah, we've got to have dual recording, and we've got to have, like, you know, this and that. Like, I know that we're coming at it from a different level, but to be honest, like, if even if you're racing at the lowest level, that all builds up. That is the foundation to where we are. It's the same way it's like you have people doing races, and you have people winning, and there's... they'll be on z power and it's like why is that happening like that shouldn't happen why don't you just have if you want to race on z power you get to go in a z power cat and that is like your testing ground and everybody who's on z power can all try out together and it doesn't affect everyone who's got like a better power reading like i I, that's the thing where i don't understand because it makes the experience better for everybody Makes it better for that Z power rider. It makes it better for everyone who's got like a proper power meter or got a smart trainer. Yeah. Why is that stuff not happening? Basically, it's the bit where I'm just like, to be honest, confused. And.
2: I will say that they probably just don't want to open that can of worms. Like while they do want to show that they care to actually send a member survey and then devote the man hours to actually go through that and then to probably put some of those and like implement some of those ideas. I just don't think they have the manpower nor the organizational skills. Um, <laughs> I used to be an event planner. Uh, so, <laughs> some of their organization or lack of organization really drives me bonkers. But um, yeah, I think it's just, you know, I guess survey like, I don't know, it's been a couple months ago. It's like, how do you rate your Zwift experience? And it's like, how many thumbs up do you give? And then it's like, what mu- music did you listen to today? And I'm like, well, this is not helpful for anything. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't remember a dead mouse. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess with Zwift, it's not, they're not opening a can of worms, though. I feel like they are trying that they they should be they're they're basically the worms are free the worms are out there (laughs) and they're trying to herd worms back into a can which is a weird analogy but it's like uh
2: yeah all they have to do is go on Facebook and Zwift riders and Zwift racers and they'd have plenty of feedback if somebody you know wanted to devote man hours to reading all social media platforms
0: yeah but i mean wouldn't that not make their product roadmap like more streamlined does it not make sense to make products which people but want
3: you, you, have, you have to separate esports and Swift in general yeah. you know it's for me it's totally different stuff and the problem is it's not really a problem but we are expecting so much for the esports side of thing, because you you just watch Overwatch or League of Legends and see all those competition, those uh, all, all the setup uh, big leagues, championship. They they have specific rules, and yeah, on Zwift, is one day something, one day is the other thing. Oh, next week something new started, but you don't know very how it works then. 24 hours before the, the the event, they change everything. Yeah, it's just like, come on, do something, stick to it, have a plan and yeah, just say, okay, in six months, we try something different maybe, but yeah, we test really something yeah. for six months. I guess months. the
0: problem is, the general problem is just communication, lack of communication. I know it's something which uh Simon brought up with um Eric in the the interview that they did um with the Zwiftcast. Um Eric acknowledged for that, that was a big problem for them. Haven't seen any improvement um since that interview, so I I don't know. It seems like that's probably the easiest thing for them to improve on, to be honest, is communication. It's much easier to then shift a product roadmap um you know one area which we've been crying out for but we still lack is a um uh, is a calendar of events and that, that yeah that yeah. i'm going to tie that into another area so one we don't have a calendar of events. we still have zero idea of what is going to happen next week a month out two months out three months out We have no idea. It's a complete guess. So I get a lot of people ask me, hey, what does the Zwift racing calendar look like? And I go, listen, we have no idea. It's a complete surprise every time when something happens. So God knows how we're supposed to like actually prepare for these things. That's something we talked about in the last podcast. It's not happened yet. And I'm just going to say that ties into, which we'll jump onto is like with the GTA 5 hack, and that already being better technologically than Zwift,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna say like, is then Zwift the, is it gonna be the place where everything is gonna happen? Like, is is it actually gonna be the place where e-sports, e-racing happens? And so, yeah, let's talk about the first thing. Let's talk about like where the, what's happening with the calendar and lack thereof. With a mind to, like, is there actually going to be something else on the horizon?
1: Uh, I think, yeah, so as we already know, a calendar is pretty um, important for, I mean, just for general preparation, you know? So, like, as athletes in our training and slash racing, we put ourselves and our bodies under a lot of stress and um, pressures, so... Being able to plan for these things, when to take breaks, when to focus on really hard training periods, uh, is, is key going forward. Otherwise you just end up with like kind of how I've, I've felt it. I know Lionel has felt it as well. Like you just end up losing a bit of motivation and you just end up getting really tired. And at the end you, you just have to stop and. I don't think that's very healthy okay. for the sport going forward um, I think having yeah you just burn out yeah at some point yeah exactly so. because
3: you're always you are always on the edge because you're always expecting something to come but you never really know what's coming and what's the importance of things it's like this is maybe stupid but I have to plan vacation with my girlfriend but in the same time I'm really because I don't know what's coming and I really want to be focused on the esports and e-racing is my main, main priority. But it's not it's not respectful for the athletes because you need to be able to, to have a planification, you need to be able to to pick your 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 priorities in racing. Okay, I want to be a full hundred percent for that race, maybe not for that one, and because it's the the, the only ma- only way to to do things, healthy. You know, because you can't be at full potential all all season long. It's not possible. I I tried to do that this year. I took a break for just from from racing, and I got my my best power at training right now, just before my my off season. It's just because I was all the time. It's really close to 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 burnout because I don't know what to expect. I don't know how to to manage my recovery because it was just impossible. Because from one week to another, something coming, and then you say, "Okay, next week is that or uh, is, is that?" Far. It's just a mess, and I don't think it's really respe- respectful for the athlete. I like Zwift. for me. In my opinion, is the best is the best platform. Is the one that. You can do the most thing on, and yeah, all the worlds are, are really cool, and I, I really like the platform. But the way esports is right now is just not respectful for the athletes.
1: I was gonna, I was gonna uh, sort of tie this in and segue in a little bit into. I know one thing we want to mention during this uh, podcast, and I think it's it's gonna help us a little bit in the future. Also, is the um, release of sort of the initiative of the development team that we're um, planning at the moment as because we've talked about how stressful it is not knowing when the races are and having obviously we currently have six riders on both the men's and the women's teams and with five riders being needed each race obviously there's not a lot of room for sitting out or resting so potentially with the addition of the uh, Canyon ZCC development team, this will allow us to sort of chop and change between some riders. And if some of our main team need a bit of a rest, this will I think this will be a big um, improvement in the future.
3: Yeah, of course. At the same time, you're going you're gonna to throw, like we did for Aiden, is the quite the same, you know. We say, okay, next week guy, it's your chance, right with mm-hmm. you can ride a program race. The, but the for him must must have been so so difficult just to to be ready for it, uh, can show his, his real potential yeah. on such a short notice. And I think it's is the the base of any sports is a calendar and no matter if if the 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 sport is not is not fully ready or it's not perfect right now, just try to put something like at least six months in advance, you know. And then we see yeah. after that you try to you you readjust after that every time. But you know we have been thinking about World Championship, and we are in almost we are in June and. There's no, no announcement yet. I know with COVID it's difficult right now. But yeah, for us, I, I will say that again, but it's not, for me, it's not respectful for athletes. At national champs, too.
2: I love getting messages from other girls that I've raced against. And they're like, hey, are you joining this t- tour or this whatever? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're even talking about.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, who plans? To... I also had to send a message to my coach. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm racing next Tuesday. Oh, wait. It's next Monday. Oh, I don't know what day it is. It's like it's next week. I don't know how to plan any schedule because I don't even know what I'm racing. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah be nice to know at least a month in advance. I mean, I plan – I'm a little bit of a planner, as I said, but I do plan these things out, like, a couple months in advance. Like, national champs, there is no – No mention that, hey, they weren't going to be in February anymore. And who knows when or if they even are taking place. Our world's going to be in September like the other world. I mean, what's happening? Who knows? I don't know. (laughs) And I feel like I'm very much in the know. And people always ask me questions. Hey, do you know when this is happening? I'll be like, I have no clue. (laughs) Just like you, Reese.
0: Again, I think it comes down to communication. I mean, if they weren't going to happen in whenever the first quarter, just say hey they're not going to happen you could just say we don't know when they're going to happen because we're still working on it um, that's fine you know it's just that that element of just being able to say something and and having the confidence to say we don't know when this is going to happen yet that's going to be received a lot better than just saying nothing and i think that's the thing which yeah swift still hasn't learned and the, the other side is that it's something we talked about in December, January. Is that Zwift still doesn't understand how to work with other people, like especially on the racing front? So when we're talking about a calendar, there's all these other guys who are organising stuff. So at the moment, you know, like we're, we, we Alex mentioned, the development squad which we're we're working on um you know i'm saying to people hey race the stuff which we're racing on and that's all stuff which basically is being live streamed by zwift community live so i'm like well race uh well zwift cover it but um you got the shram send it series zwift covers that and then you have the the wahoo free r which was spring loaded before that's in the evening on a tuesday then you have the the usa cycling league on a wednesday and then you have a COA verified league on a thursday but often when there's like a pro am or something, quite often these come these things come in, they're just bulldoze over the other stuff we were doing. We saw that with like with the Callus League. Uh we had similar thing with the, you know, overlapping with Coa. And it's like, why does that has have to happen? Like if you build out a calendar, build in your pro am stuff, like it doesn't have to be exact. You just say, hey, we want to roughly do this event during this time frame and then you go right almost like you know the uci where they have different levels of races you go okay Calas, you did a great you did a great job you do your league during this period and we'll respect that and then uh whatever Coa, you do this one and then uh free you get to do that one and they should be leaning on all of the other people who were doing organizing race leagues, even DBR with their Suffer Day League, objectively probably the hardest racing series. I thought it was great, but, you know, it doesn't get any attention. There was no live coverage. Uh, It was, you know, largely ignored. But as a concept, they did something quite different, and I thought it was quite cool. And you're just like, why aren't these things all being just tied together? Like, why is it we have to guess what it is we should be racing and why is it that we should be going like, right, our priorities, because there's no proams. our priorities are going to be like COA and it's going to be Calaz, And then we have to go like, you know, we're going to go for the general classification and then we're like, bang, there's a pro that day. So then you have to decide, yeah. right, agree. are we going to give up our, give up the, you know, a day of racing in that league just to do the pro-am? because that's considered the top level, I mean, it's, yeah, it's chaos, to be honest. Um, So, yeah, that's the calendar, you know, so fingers crossed, maybe they can organize a calendar. It's not happened yet. So it's one of those things where I'm fairly unoptimistic about it, but could be so easily solved. Um, So I'm going to jump on to what we talked about before, or what I mentioned before was like, yeah, Grand Theft Auto 5 hack um like is is there something genuinely in this so the interesting thing obviously is the fact that so GTA 5 one has a proper games engine behind it has um GTA's own uh engine there's loads of game engines you know you have frostbite you have unreal you have unity like uh, RGT uses unity um, so did vertigo so technically should be easier to build on if you have the enough developers and money and some some dude just built a hack for Gta5 and it's better than Swift and I I say that in like with regards to even just the, the data so the One of the guys pulled apart what data is GTA sending to like your trainer, and it was sending like giving you wind resistance data, it's giving you surface resistance data, all of these different things to create a more realistic experience. And he compared it to what's the data that Zwift sends, and it just gives you slope. Yeah. And even if you're just going on the gravel sections, it doesn't change anything. I presume it just says in game your speed will decrease. It doesn't tell your trainer to change the resistance in any way. And you're like, whoa, like, I mean, okay, like, GTA have a lot more money, that studio has a lot more money, they have a lot more developers, but the fact that they built all this stuff in to a game which you wouldn't even notice and you could already hack into it and it controls your cycling game. It's like, Surely that's, is that the future? Like, could somebody, could GTA legitimately become a cycling game? Or is that then given, indicator to the fact that someone like RGT, who does use Unity, all they need to do is raise some money and they actually have the structure in place because Zwift's all custom built. Does that mean that actually they are the you know, in waiting, like they just need the investment of a Zwift hand and they can build something which is better than Zwift quickly. It's just the fact that they don't have the money at the moment. Like, yeah, like what's your thought? I'm just going to throw that out there.
1: Um, I think personally that probably it won't be GTA itself that becomes the flat platform, but I think it will show to other people like RGT what the possibilities are and what they could do to sort of be better than Zwift, um, and I think a lot of those things that the person who did make the hack suggested, um, as a in regards to all the feedback it's giving to your trainer, and I think that's that would be really interesting to try out and see how that feels in a racing situation, because obviously. The more immersed we can be into the, into the game, the better I say.
3: Whoa, uh, to be honest, uh,
2: yeah,
3: I think it's, yeah, it's cool. And kind of agree with Alex that it could be a model for other platform. (laughs) And even maybe for Zwift, right. They could use it Mm -hmm. also to, to get better. And at the end is always like you try to, to improve no matter what but yeah i'm i saw some videos and i'm like i'm it's not it's not the real stuff that would me would appeal to me like riding in gta is like riding with no purpose you know and i know it's all about the physics of the game and stuff like this right now but what drives me is just the racing aspect. So at the moment, yeah, just the only platform that appeals to me is Swift because of the
0: racing aspect, you know? Sure, but I think I actually think it would be quite easy. I say easy in inverted commas to build racing into GTA. Like you yeah. can already do multiplayer, like it's kind of open world. Yeah. It's like racing on Zwift started out with a load, of bunch of guys just meeting at the start point and then just racing. And then Zwift Power did the calculations. I mean, Zwift still doesn't probably do results, like it does results, but they're not the real results. Uh, It's almost like somebody could build Zwift Power for GTA and people could just meet and do races and they would be experiencing better racing dynamics because there's wind and yeah. there's drafting and there's surface differences and you know you can crash uh not like uh the 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 racing platform that shall not be named um it's yeah, it's kind of got everything like i feel like and i i also am like i don't think gta will be the platform which overt- overtakes like zwift but it has all of the potential there and it's like if they wanted they could add this element to their platform like i'm still interested like will one day and i don't and it's not a huge leap. like can i just do use my xbox to do racing on uh because my xbox is better set up to run this sort of software but at the moment I can't run it on Xbox. Like I can try, I'll probably kill my uh I'll kill my MacBook because fucking Zwift just is a CPU monster. It's it's yeah. a disaster. Like, you know, if I try and live stream, it's gonna crash. The Xbox does it. Like it's it's set up to do that stuff. I don't have to worry about it. And it's almost like, yeah, if you're just building stuff into mm. that thing that already exists, like I've I'm I don't. It won't happen, but I feel like GTA could kill Ziff like if it if it wanted to. That's the that's the thing I'm getting at. If it wanted to, I think that's
1: a a good point you make about with the with the Xbox and being obviously more prepared for that uh, that type of like game. So obviously a MacBook and stuff like that, they're not designed for gaming on. Um, they're more obviously more like a student. Resource and that t- that type of stuff. Um, obviously, you have gaming laptops, but they're still not as powerful as like an Xbox. Um, and so, I mean, like it would be interesting to see someone tap into that. But I think, in regards to what Leno Lionel, Lionel's saying, uh, I think it would take it would take a really big racing prospect to make. Riders like us jump from Swift to another platform, even even to properly try it. Like I've tried other um, platforms, but I, I've never tried it with like full interest. Um, I've mainly just done it to get a bit of different motivation, different scenery. So I think it would take it would take a well organized, well sponsored racing series or event to sort of get races like us to move over just to get that initial experience out of it
0: yeah and i think i think we're kind of like i think it's something we talked about in the last podcast as well we're sort of like i don't know almost gagging for it like yeah the variety the option like we want to see what else is a, a real viable alternative because we're we're open to to trying it out, you know, like um we we're not we're not wedded to one platform. Um I think, you know, we're we're I think we're all of the opinion that Zwift needs more competition in order to make Zwift better. Like we're all invested in Zwift being better. That's the whole reason why we complain about it, is because we're passionate about it as a product, not because we just hate it full stop. It's because we we want it to be better because we believe in it, but conversely, like if there is something else which is going to challenge it, we I think we'd also be willing to try it out because yeah, it the more competition is, it just drives everyone forwards. It gives everyone the opportunity to to to, to do stuff. At the moment, Ziff doesn't really have any competition, so they don't feel like they're like yeah, we're going to spend our time building boost mode, which nobody asked for. Um, you know, uh, they, they're they kind of, they're not being forced, their hand is not being forced um, by anybody else, really. I mean, I definitely think with the w- what's happened with COVID and um, RGT were really wise, I think, in saying we're going to make all of our premium features free during this period so anyone can just use it. I think that was really savvy and a good thing to help them grow their database. But of course, they're obviously starting from a, Secondary position basically, so they're always going to be playing chase up. I think just RGT has a lot of potential, they just need the investment and they need more developers. And say, they're built on Unity, so they have a lot more potential to scale more quickly than Zwift does, but it all comes down to money basically. Um, yeah, I mean, would you if if if, if there was a race on GTA, um. Would you be up for a meeting on it? Or I'll show that over to Claudia.
2: Well, I'm not much of a gamer. Uh, Zwift is the only bit of gaming I do. So if it's something that's going to take a big learning curve, I'll be honest, I'm not really too keen on trying it out. But would I race on another platform? If like, that's where everybody else was, I guess I would devote the time to learn it and then find myself there. I mean, the, what Alex said, or, or was it? No, yeah. Have one of you guys said it. I uh, I ride yeah. Zwift to like I don't know. I don't do it for the gamification factor. I do it more for the actual workout and the challenge and like the I don't know. I mean I was staring at the wall on the trainer like a lot of other people for years and I mean it's just I'm still gonna train on a trainer but i don't think i necessarily need to be in a video game and ride around and try to unlock treasure treasure chests or something like that and i don't need steering but i mean everybody's different so uh, yeah some additional things could perhaps be added as long as it doesn't mess up the core features that i'm looking for
0: i guess on that just i i, I... I guess there's just not been that experimentation, right? Because the way you talk about it is like it's a, it's a, um, it's a, a Boolean query. It's like this or that, and it shouldn't be that. It should be like it should be like this or that, and this or that, and this or that. Like it should be, we should be trying out different things and seeing what works. You know, like so, the the testing which Zwift is doing in the Club Jarvis club um, is good. So I mean, they're doing the They tested the boost thing, and they tested this sights and sounds tour where you ride around with no um, HUD, so no heads up display or anything. You're just you're just riding and listening to bird hmm. song or whatever, um, and helicopters. Um, But like, you're like, why aren't you testing more stuff? You know what I mean? Like it should be, it's a great proving ground. You should be testing all these other different things. Like, like the labs test, the last labs test we did was with the, um, neutral start, which I think from the guys that tried, it was fairly pointless and it's like, okay, you know, you do this one thing and then it, 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 it was a complete, it was a pointless exercise, I think in the end. And that's it like why is it that we're not trying loads of different things and everyone can jump in and you i mean it's just basically it's just data collection um and you shouldn't and if you shouldn't as cloud is saying you shouldn't have to go like is it going to be this thing or is it this thing like you know like racing with steering for example it shouldn't be like oh we're only going to now do racing with steering you should be like let's try out some races with steering let's see how it works if it sucks it sucks we won't do it anymore We'll wait and we'll we'll change it and we'll figure out a way of it. it. does work. Like, at the moment, everything is just one way and we're so used to doing it that one way that if something else comes along, so like Cloud is thinking like of GTA, all right, you might have to steer or it's, I don't mm. know, you know, there's cars. I don't want to do that and like, I totally get that, but like, you know, it's the same way. Like, you could be doing some of this stuff in Zwift already. Like, let's try out these different Modes and methods, and see what works and what do people actually like. And also, the flip side, which I keep talking about, is like what's interesting to watch. I would watch that too. And that's the bit where we always keep missing because e e racing is only ever going to be good if people want to watch it. I don't think
2: anyone's going to want to watch my stream while I'm crashing into a car and like yelling curse words because I just crashed into a car. Uh,
0: I sorry, I'm putting my hands up. I I want, I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> You've just named the one thing we all want to watch. All right.
2: I'll just have to admit that it's now adults content. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I mean I mean I like, uh yeah, I'm gonna I realize like we've we've been smashing this podcast now for an hour and a half. So we're on we're on <laughs> we're on the we're on the limo of like, hey, who's left? Um so I just wanted to jump onto like what else is it that we're gonna like do as a team? Because fair enough, like we're not gonna wait around for like what everyone else is doing. Like what Zwift doing, you know? Like we're we're trying to drive things forward all the time. That's like why we brought Infocrank on. We're like, right, we're gonna be serious about dual recording. We're gonna have like the most accurate power meter we can find, and we're gonna push that even if like Zwift isn't and it's the same like Alex mentioned before like we want to do like a dev squad and the reason why we want to do that is because like we are limited because of how we're set up as a team how many riders we can actually have but then also tied to that is like thinking about the future like how can we bring in younger talent into e-racing and how can we like educate them about what we already know and like build it out like that and i think that's um for us i think that's a really interesting area it's one thing which we can with the freedom to do ourselves without being limited by any platform or any racing limitation or whatever um and we can we can grow it quite you know, relatively quickly and we can offer people this opportunity to race like in pro-ams, for example, which they might not get the opportunity to do otherwise. Um, and for me, it's, well, it's a super interesting area to kind of be involved in. And I think, you know, okay, we already have Aiden, like he was the early signing and uh, lots of other um, young Mainly guys have messaged me saying, hey, how can I be in this development squad? And now I set up, an, there's an application form on the website and we've not promoted it yet. But, you know, if you are interested in being in the dev squad, you can, you know, ask me. I can send you the link and you can fill it out. Uh, but the goal is, one thing we've always tried to do with the uh, the Canyon team is try and always keep it equal like men and women like at the moment we don't have any women messaging or girls messaging me yet but like you know that's the goal is that we have try and keep it where possible like 50 50 and hopefully i'm going to do like a big say big but like proper announcement so that more people can find out about it it's not just the people who hear us chatting about it willy-nilly on on podcasts or live streams on instagram um how do you guys feel about kind of developing the, the team out in, in that way.
3: It's super exciting, you know, because you can share what we learn about about Zwift. It's like, when you think about it, Alex and Oli, they are still very, very young. And in the same time, we have guys like Stevie and James who are super experienced with, with sprinting. Uh, I have quite some experience from live events. And being able to, maybe, share the knowledge to some young guys, they're gonna be maybe the future, future star, future stars of esports. That's quite super exciting for me. I think I don't know what the other guys have to say, but yeah, it's about sharing, and that's so cool. I think.
1: Yeah, I also would agree, mo- like with everything you're saying there. Uh, i think it's it would be extremely uh like fun almost to just help younger riders in the sport that we enjoy also doing so much so um and you know passing on what we know uh and kind of it's almost like being a the similar experiences you get as a cycling coach does you know you like you like to see your athletes sort of blossom into um, achieving their potential. And that's going to be similar with having a development squad. You know, all of our senior members can give advice and pass their experience on to the younger members. And if we can get some riders um, performing well and, you know, making waves in the esports world, then I think that will be really exciting i think it really and it pioneers a way forward um to creating pathways for younger cyclists into the new world of esports
2: i think you haven't had much interest from girls yet it's probably because they just don't know so maybe you'll get somebody that listens to this podcast and they'll you know maybe approach us uh lord knows there's plenty of strong women out there that would be great (laughs)
0: I don't doubt it. I mean, I, um, part of the problem generally is actually proactively finding people because there's no way of really seeking them out. And then if you do find them, like, there's no way to message them. Like, I just know this from just setting up the, the this team, you know, like it wasn't super straightforward at all. Um, so I'm sure like there's definitely... Uh, a load of young talent out there, um, and that's part of the reason why you know we haven't made we haven't made any super leaps forward to make a load of quick decisions about who we're going to get on board because we want to open it up and get as many people kind of involved um, as possible. Um, which I hope to do. You know, the goal is to basically have our development squad set up in time for the next. Uh, what we would call the the next season although this because of the pandemic the season is never ending um but it you know it kind of we are on the quiet period now anyway just because it's so warm um at least in the southern hemisphere um northern hemisphere southern hemisphere it's winter so um yeah i mean so just also on that i might as well throw it out i know we all kind of chat quite a lot in our internal, uh groups where we don't get to talk a lot in person like vocally i mean what what else do you think like we could be doing as a as a team like uh, i know it's difficult like we are still i know everyone looks to us as like oh you're the, you're the top guys But like at the end of the day we're still like we're still small we're still learning there's still lots of stuff for us to do like but you know what else do you think like we could we could do like, not necessarily instantly, but like, what else is there for us to kind of do? Do any of you guys have any like other like thoughts for that? Do you think like throwing out? So like, I think the dev squad's a huge thing for us to kind of do and invest our time. And, um, you know, what else do you think like we could, we could be focusing on? Uh,
1: I think, I think uh, obviously in, improving you can always improve uh presence in any environment so whether that be social media or uh live streaming and stuff like that i know with myself obviously i haven't started the live streaming at the moment due to wi-fi sort of restrictions but we're working on that shouldn't be too far away um but yeah Hmm. i think there's always room for improvement in those in those um aspects
3: yeah, true. Also, also, yeah, with the development team and maybe doing like something more open to everyone, like kind of race school. So, give sharing the knowledge to to people who just want to to improve their experience on on Zwift racing. That would that could yeah. be fun. I remember when I did the ride with uh, for ceramic speed, that. The people who ask questions was mostly about how to position yourself in the, in a race and what to do, how to do things and stuff like this. So, yeah, maybe maybe it's something to to try and more than just doing workouts, just talking, doing group rides and talking about racing and with people is I think could be really nice.
2: Well. I was leading that uh, piece of cake ride with Claudia for the last month, and uh,
0: that's good because your name's Claudia as well, so yeah, it worked perfectly. <laughs> you
2: know, uh, the biggest ride there is over three hundred girls, just girls only ride that attended. So obviously, it was very well attended. I didn't have any sweepers, and for the most part, uh, we all stuck together. At least a hundred of us did, and uh, you know, there's always those flyers. Now that there's no fence, but. Um, Yeah, every single group ride, uh, there's a lot of questions that come through, and it's a ladies-only ride, so it's kind of like a safe space for some ladies to ask questions uh, versus like an open ride uh, because some just kind of don't want to ask guys uh, any of these questions. But yeah, every single ride that I led, and I also did the Mm -hmm. um, – I'm drawing a blank – Machines for Freedom um, swarm rides last month and then the month before – So I've been leading rides every Saturday at my 7am for the last three months and every single ride I always asked, uh, as a level 50 Zwifter and an almost OG racer, what questions do you have for me? And you'd be surprised at the vast, uh, like all over the topics, uh, things related to Zwift, uh, from what to wear to how to win a Zwift race to just even what bike do I ride. So it's it's definitely interesting. I think the community definitely needs perhaps more people like that. Not saying uh, like I'm a great ride lead, but um, I think just people need to be more approachable. I get people that message me uh, often about random questions and I always answer them. So if anybody has any random questions, I'm happy to answer them.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's a really good point in that... Um... I would say, generally speaking, professional bike racers are fairly unapproachable. Um, But I think because all of us pretty much are just normal people, I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. bike racers aren't normal people. But like, we all have jobs. Like we, and I say, generally speaking, we're we're driving this new sport from the ground up. So we are more open to, to doing it. We're not like, if you're a pro bike racer, you're inheriting that from all of those pro bike racers that came before you. So you just you just walk, I'm not saying it's not hard, but you walk into that structure and you, you're there. So we're building as we go along. So we're more open to talk to people and give people advice. And uh, I think that makes us generally more more approachable because okay maybe in the future if if e-racing gets bigger you know it will be a full-time job in itself and the racers will get salaries and i and i hope we get to that point but i like to think we would still be able to carry through that approachability which we all currently have where you can ask anyone a question and pretty much will give you a an honest answer
2: and an answer not like if you ask it on Zwift racers or Zwift riders because there's so much negative responses that I wish the community as a whole would just be more positive and supportive of yeah. each other. But that's yeah. yeah, just my two cents.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it's also when you stream. I since since the beginning of 2020, I start having the chat box in my race. Okay, sometimes it's a bit confusing because I try to focus on the effort, but I have so many questions coming from people who follow me uh, on the stream that is it's pretty fun because you can answer instantaneously and yeah it, it changed a lot it changed the experience and then you you start to to build bonds with people so it, it's pretty cool also uh,
1: so yeah I think um, on the side of being approachable I think yeah that's really key for a team like ours um in the way that we can help we can help a lot of people understand how to get the best experience out of Zwift and some of the things that they may not be able to get their heads around so and obviously that comes down like something like the race dynamics as well like we talked about earlier um some people might just be confused as to why this is happening why Why was I off the front and then the bunch just came flying past me? And sometimes you don't get on the back because you're not aware of the speed um, that the bunch can obviously bring. So, and I think when it terms, in terms of why real life cyclists aren't as approachable, I think that sometimes comes down to just the amount of maybe, um, people that they get swarming them at races and online so it just becomes a bit of a the task just becomes too big to handle for them and in the end they just see everyone as that annoying little bug on them almost so i think when it comes to us we're all really open to helping out new people because we enjoy the sport and also um just nice people in general, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't jump to say that um you're a nice person, Alex, but um <laughs> <laughs> You're you're all right. Well, I'd like to think Um so. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're all right. Um all right, so we've we've massively over talked uh this always happens so you just get yeah. stuck into stuff and you talk for ages um I have to go to work soon yeah i think, think claudia does as well and then me and Lino need to go to sleep <laughs> so, uh, so I so just to i think just to wrap it up i just want to ask like yeah we tr- we've we've talked about like what's what's changed what hasn't changed what's annoying that hasn't changed Um, What could change? I mean, there's stuff on my list of stuff I want to talk about, and we've not covered it because there's just so much to talk about. Um, So I'm just going to ask, like, all of you just to say, like, what do you think is, like, the one thing which um, do you think Zwift should be focusing on to be better? And then what thing do you think, like, we should be focusing on to to be better. Like, and it might be something what we're already doing. It might be something that Swift is already doing. But you can you just 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 pick something. So I'm um, just going to do in the do the order that you are in my list of recordings. So, uh, Lino, you're first. Like something which which Swift should be focusing on. Something that we should be focusing on.
3: Uh, from Swift, of course. In my in my position, I would say. Keep uh, improving and establish esports, Swift esports as as a thing. So as we always said, get a calendar, get some proper organization, uh, and give us something to aim for. You know, uh, and then for us as a team, as Canyon ZCC, is about to to prove to to all the people that. E-sports is a real thing, and e is is a specific discipline with with his own uh, his own abilities and demands, and prove that is a, a top a top high level sports like road cycling is, but just different.
0: So. Sure. And I think that's where the the diagnostic testing that we've been doing is super useful because it, you know, allow, allows us to say, hey, like we have like the data to to kind of back up our claims. Yeah. It's you, it's not just it's not just we know the race better. It's not just yeah. like miscalibrated equipment or like hey we've got like yeah because we've got the proper data. We've got a lab looking at what we're doing. Yeah, because so, I'm
3: tired to to her that. Oh, it's just because they know to know the game better. No, it's just because we are we trained for that and we are ready to for the physical aspect of the game. It's not only knowledge, it's also that we are we are strong enough to to compete with any providers from the road. That's it. Point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I hope I hope other people will follow our lead on that front and uh also look at doing some of similar testing uh, because, you know, we, we have a problem. It's not a problem. I mean, it is a problem. So the fact that we're not in a peloton on the road means that, you know, there's a higher degree of trust which is required. So for us, we're like, well, we have to try and go that extra step to try and prove our validity. I mean but there's always there's always going to be doubt i mean <laughs> just ask fabian cancellara i mean people still think he, he you know he had engines in yeah. his bike um, so you know it's not like the 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 people are just going to just because like oh you're racing on the road that means you're definitely legitimate like there's plenty of people who did that and then they were just like no 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 he's got an engine it's not possible look how his wheel spins so you know we we're, we're always going to be fighting against that i just think that's normal but the more we can do on that front uh, the better, and I think the testing that we've done is a is a good step forwards. Uh, right, Alex. So something for us and something for Zwift. So
1: I think uh, for Zwift, obviously they a big thing to focus on is racing dynamic, as we discussed earlier. So I think they just have to be more willing to test things more regularly. So basically, how the bunch moves, all the physics, the speed in general. Of riders how they pass through other riders maybe um, cornering aspects all of all of all of the above Um, and then thinking about how that ties into improving the experience of the viewer and um, what's gonna be best for creating overall viewing content and how they can improve how many viewers they do have worldwide and maybe um, what sort of platforms as well they could try and um, work with to improve the, how, I guess, the yeah, the amount of viewers again and how many people it reaches. And then I think something for us to work on, well, personally, I would say for our riders, obviously using that diagnosed results to improve uh, specific ex- aspects of ourselves and, how that's going to improve our performances in Zwift races going further. Obviously, this would be easier if we did have the calendar like Lionel talked about earlier, and then we can focus on, let's say, there's a hilly race coming up. We can focus on, obviously, right, we need to have the best watts per kg possible, or if it's a flat race, then we need to work on anaerobic power and that type of stuff. Um, And then I think another thing we could always work on would be uh, as the team that sort of is looked at as the best and the most professional, I would say. Also, we could work on how we interact with um, our followers and also the other people in the Zwift community. So whether we do more group rides or um, more Q&As and uh, stuff like that as well.
0: Cool. Yeah. I think we'd love to do more of that stuff. We just to a degree we're limited on what we're yeah. able to do with the platform. Um I hope that's why I'm hoping like one day um Zwift will release the clubs. Let's say it's nearly a it's getting close to being a year late. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to think that the clubs would be something where we could organise that stuff and we could do some of our own rides or even races yeah and that becomes the place that facilitates us to do that stuff i totally agree like the stuff that claudia's been doing with the um you know being able to just do this women's ride her piece of cake ride and like all of the women that join that get to like they during that ride they get to wear our kit it's like super cool like that's a little snippet of like i think what we could offer to to more people i mean also the fact that it's just for women is like super cool like and the fact that like, you have so many people doing it is awesome um so yeah hopefully you know that's the sort of thing we could do more stuff of. i know the stuff we're working on uh which yeah we've mentioned some of the stuff but i don't want to talk about all of it but like there is more stuff we're doing to try and get more people involved with the team, but there is always more stuff we could yeah. do. I mean, and even if it's, if, if if clubs doesn't happen, you know, yeah, we could think about how do we do stuff with meetups, for example, or whatever, you know? Um, and I know it's stuff we talked about. A lot of it just comes down to like us trying to find the time to, to organize it, especially when we don't have like a calendar of stuff, um, that's happening, you know? So, Anyway, uh, Claudia, like you are the last to go. Ollie and uh, sorry, Alex and Lino oh have stolen two topics, so you've got to come up with some two belters.
2: Hmm. You mean I can't which else whatever whatever they said? Uh, say, so, uh, you know, yeah, communication. Like that would be my number one thing that I feel that Swift needs to improve upon. Um, it, exponentially and i don't know oh, how they could do that uh, yeah they need to perhaps hire just an additional person to handle all that extra communication stuff uh, i mean that's my two cents but uh and i'm pretty sure they're bringing in extra money during this COVID times too so they should be able to afford a measly salary <laughs> for one person but um that's just my two cents and then um yeah, as a team.
0: That's are, your second two you cents. Know, so you're on four yeah, cents. Trying to make the money with all my opinion. Oh wait, blow
2: my money four cents. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, as a team, I think we just need to continue being transparent about you know um, trying to set a good example, which I feel we do a good job at. But there's always you know room for improvement and you know perhaps seeing more women team perhaps jump on this transparency train would be nice um perhaps maybe more of them live streaming that might be nice too and i feel like by us leading as a good example of doing all those things perhaps they'll all jump on the bandwagon eventually
0: sure i mean and in a degree i'd like it'd be cool if there were You know, especially like on the women's side, like them doing it better than us, so that it forces us to like raise our game. You know, the same way we talk about Zwift, like need some competition. And I'm not saying there's not teams out there giving us competition in the races. Like, I mean, the like on the women's side, the Hino team, obviously, they're arguably the best. Crushing it. And we (laughs) and we've seen some great performances from the USA cycling. Team when they jumped into some of the races and there's oh, there's lots of strong women and some of the pros who have jumped in, um, but the I know aside, the other like USA Cycling and some of the other pros, they're kind of a bit more flash in the pan. So I'm looking for something a bit more with a bit more longevity. And there's a lot of teams who have been involved for a long time. So it's them who we should be looking to to like try and uh eat our lunch you know so hopes yeah. hope so hope so you know uh cool all right so we are we've got 30 seconds before we hit the two hour mark um there you go you've, you've got buy one get one free basically with this podcast um so i just want to thank you guys for joining it was great to chat to you um Hopefully we'll do this again soon. Maybe we'll even make it (laughs) the correct length of time which we originally projected, doubtful. Um, Anyway, thanks a lot uh, for for joining us. Great chatting with you, getting your thoughts on everything. Chat soon. Bye. Cheers. See ya. Alex, you've got to say, we'll do. We'll do. Yes. All right. Cue the drum and bass track.